We have therefore made the assessment that COVID-19 can be characterized as a pandemic. We understand that outside things are changing, but when you visit our healthcare sites, you will still need to wear a face mask at all times. We will continue to supply you with a face mask at our entrances. This is to keep you, your loved ones, and our staff safe against the spread of the virus. Also, please continue to observe social distancing and use hand sanitizer. The COVID-19 global pandemic was one of the craziest events that some of us had to witness at the global level. There was a lockdown, people lost their jobs, some people died wearing masks, social distancing, distance learning. It was just a lot going on. And while some of us were busy wasting our lives on TikTok during this time, Miriam decided to use it to discover and nurture some of her talents. About designing, okay, I'll give credit to COVID. <laughs> Sounds crazy, yeah. So when we were quarantined, I had some pieces of tangles that I came with from Zambia. So I started practicing in different pieces of fabric that I had to make. Very simple, simple things with my hand. What is up, guys? It's Linda here. Welcome to today's episode of the School of Azure Roadmap podcast, where we talk about all things navigating the real world after school, college, or university in a holistic way, be it in academics, careers, and beyond academics. Today's episode is under the Beyond Academic segment of the podcast, and I am joined by no other than Miriam Lusambo Pando. She is a pharmacist, poet, writer, designer, pencil artist, DIYer, natural hair enthusiast, and just so much more. In the previous episode, she walks us through her academic journey from wanting to become a software engineer to becoming a pharmacist. In school, I actually collected about two awards as the best pupil in computer science. So I was very much sure that, okay, this is my thing. In this episode, she walks us through her journey discovering her capabilities and talents beyond academics and professions. We talk about the origins of these talents. So when I came back, I didn't have much to do. You know, summer, you can go and move around the town and then come back. So from there, that's when I, I was like, let me try this drawing thing. I joined the poetry club. That's when I learned how to be confident with reciting poems in front of a crowd, how to speak and how to write, because at some point would be challenged to write something. I actually wrote six poems that were published in the school magazine for young writers. The investments she had to make to grow and monetize these talents. Investment is not only about money, there's also knowledge. Her advertisement strategies. When you are doing something, nature will speak for yourself. Her highlight moments on this journey. So the first time I received the money from the drawing, and from the bonnet that I made for someone. These are highlights that I would always treasure because they pushed me to do more. Her creative inspirations. Tejim Chalkon is very good. Like when he draws, you feel like the picture is looking at you. And we also talk about natural African hair. If I can spend the 1000 on my skin, I can equally spend the same on my hair because I want it to look nice. I want it to grow and look healthy. 
think if you ask me what I like most about myself, like my my physical appearance, I'll tell you my hair definitely to be my hair. Now, natural African hair might seem like a very trivial topic to talk about on this podcast where we talk about navigating the real world, looking for jobs, trying to get into university, understanding different professions and so much more that we have to do during this period when you're transitioning from either school, going to college or university or from college or university going into their corporate world. I would actually argue that hair is actually a topic that should be addressed because it's something that we have to deal with every single day and more so because it's a component of our physical appearances that I think contributes to how presentable we look as we visit the different offices when we are navigating the real world be it when looking for a job or going for interviews and stuff like that we need to look presentable in some kind of way shape or form and hair i think is a very big part of that so with that being said make sure you listen to this episode to the end so you can have an opportunity to listen to what miriam had to say about loving and taking care of your natural hair and just your hair in general Before we get into this episode, I want to remind you to take every piece of advice with a pinch of salt. And at this point, I think it's only right for us to get into the episode. Navigating your way into the real world after school, college or university can be a daunting task. You might know what you want to do, but just to know where to start from, or you may not have the facts to help you decide what you really want to do. Inasmuch as I believe that embracing the uncertainties of life is part of the process, I strongly believe that you don't have to dive in blindly or start from scratch because other people have been where you are and you can learn from them. Welcome to the School Leverage Roadmap Podcast, a podcast that brings you insights and first-hand experiences from different amazing people to hopefully equip you with actionable strategies to make informed decisions and seize opportunities as you figure out the next phase of your life. Not only that, on this podcast, we debunk myths, review untold truths, and give it to you straight so you don't learn things the hard way because the experiences shared on this platform will be your best teacher. I'm your host, Lyndon Sindano. Let's dive in, shall we? go into the beyond academic segment you are someone i know i'm not just thinking this i know for a fact that you do a lot of things and you are good at all these things and you love them you love natural hair drawing you are a designer and artist you do all these things some of which i probably don't know can you tell us one and how you discovered these things about you like what led to the birth of this like burning desire to do all these things even seeing that you were still a student and a very active student for that matter. Okay. So I discovered this thing at different stages of my life. Mm-hmm. So I was drawing. I think I previously talked about the summer holidays. Yeah. In 2015, 
Mm-hmm. When I didn't have so much to do, I went to the sea, but then we didn't have so much money, so I had to come back. Mm-hmm. We planned to be there for two weeks. I think I was on, we were only young about time. Mm-hmm. So when I came back, I didn't have much to do. You know, summer, yeah. you can go and move around the town and then come back. So from there, that's when I, I was like, let me try this drawing thing. Yeah. So I think that drawing was in me. I used to draw for my friends in school. Mm-hmm. Remember in grade nine when we draw the beaks of birds? Yes. Yeah. I used to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I would. On the board in primary, not the way it was. Mm-hmm. Someone who can draw a bicycle and label it, mm-hmm. I would do that. Mm-hmm. And my brother is also a pencil artist. Mm-hmm. So when I was 2015, you know, that side you up. A lot of exposure to internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took advantage of learning these. I was watching drawing videos on YouTube a lot. Most of my day, mm-hmm. I would use it to watch growing videos on your too mm-hmm. and i got interested i was like maybe i should learn this yeah i made the very funny drawing of myself and i posted it on my facebook profile mm-hmm. like it looked funny but then there's some comments like hey, you go for it you can do this and someone be laughing mm-hmm. so i made up my mind myself and learn this mm-hmm. i started learning i would watch videos from these like really good good artists right. and from here that's when the drawing talent was discovered mm-hmm. that was in 2015 mm-hmm. so then i learned about the tools to use mm-hmm. now i had to start looking where to get these tools in style purple. yeah and i found the shops that gave me everything that i needed mm-hmm. yeah so that was the drawing part mm-hmm. and then the writing part it was from the poetry club that i joined mm-hmm. that was in 2016 that's when i joined the poetry club mm-hmm. That's when I learned how to be confident with reciting poems in front of a crowd, how to speak, mm-hmm. and how to write. Because at some point, would be challenged to write something. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote six poems that were published in the school magazine for young writers okay. in Russian. And from there, I also extended the interest to writing in English. Mm-hmm. I once took part in the writing competition in Zambia where I was on the top six mm-hmm. writing fiction. Wait. Uh, top six in the country? Yeah. That oh. was in twenty nineteen. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that was in twenty nineteen. I participated and it was my first time to write like a serious story. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a position to say number one, number two. Yeah. I mean number two because there was only number one who got the money. Mm-hmm. But that was a number two, number three. But I was on the top six. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me touch you back to in grade five. Okay. I was trying to write a book in grade five. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I got my exercise book. Mm-hmm. And then I think I, that would be incorporated with drawing. Okay. I started making drawings of characters mm-hmm. with the gestures I would draw. And then I write a short sentence down there. Mm-hmm. It was about HIV and AIDS. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys found those series at Rainbow Leaders. Where you about AIDS, about... Just other things. Mm-hmm. So I, I got the inspiration from such a book. Mm-hmm. And when I took it to my teacher, she was like, ah, you just copied. But I didn't copy. All I got was a concept. As a young person, yeah. I think at that point, I wouldn't write everything from my own understanding. Yeah. But I had to get a concept from an already written book. Yeah. But my teacher was like, ah, you just copied those things. Mm-hmm. And I went shamefully part of my book. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's where far back much I can trace my, my writing. Mm-hmm. About designing. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll give credit to COVID. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds crazy, yeah. So when we were quarantined, uh-huh. COVID-19, which now was like more in 2020. Yeah. So there, 
I had some pieces of itenges mm-hmm. that I came with from Zambia. Mm-hmm. Again, YouTube, internet. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what of doing something like this? Mm-hmm. What of doing something like this? Mm-hmm. So I started uh, practicing in different pieces of fabric that I had to make. Very simple, simple things. It was my hand. I did have a sewing machine. Mm-hmm. I was using hands. As in a needle? Yeah, a needle and thread. Girl, they were serious. Like, <laughs> they only did that in HE. I was like, no, sudden. <laughs> yeah, I was actually taking it. Needlework. I was very good mm-hmm. at sewing when I was doing needlework. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe if I had an old skate, mm-hmm. I would redesign it. Yes. I do some other designs. This is my hand. Mm-hmm. So from there, then again, I went to YouTube to watch the fashion and designing videos. Mm-hmm. It boosted up my interest to learn. Yeah. But then I didn't have a machine. Yeah. Because I can't do this without a machine. So I started making bonnets. Mm-hmm. You know those bonnets we usually wear as ladies, African ladies. Yes. And now where to get material because you couldn't move around that was covid were quarantined yeah i went to instagram mm-hmm. <laughs> i went to instagram mm-hmm. to look for places that sell fabric and deliver okay yeah so i found those places they would supply me using a taxi so i'll buy the material and i have to pay for the taxi for them to deliver to me mm-hmm. and linda i started making bonus to sell okay. <laughs> I started selling these bonnets. At first, it was like a joke. Mm-hmm. I think the first one I made was for my housemate. Mm-hmm. Not a housemate. The section mate. A girl from South Africa. Mm-hmm. We were in the same section. Mm-hmm. She wanted a bonnet. I made for her. And she paid me a 300 rubles. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Maybe I can turn this into business. Yeah. So I started advertising. Mm-hmm. I would put on my status. Mm-hmm. Then the choir members also at church because we had the, uh, had the church for students in yeah. Liverpool. I remember you sold something. It was nice. Something. Yeah, I, I did something for them. What was that? Using hands. It like, was a neck thingy. Yeah, the ladies need some neck pieces to wear on the white t-shirt. Yes. And the gents had uh, bow tie. That was gorgeous. I saw the photo. <laughs> yeah, so from there. I'm there, I was like, maybe I can turn this into business. Yeah. You know, I made 600 rubles from there, just using my hands. Mm-hmm. And their fabrics, just using my hands. I was like, oh, I wasn't very much business-minded by then. Yeah. But I think that's when I learned how to turn that into a business. Mm-hmm. So still, when COVID was there, mm-hmm. I started going to the post office now to send to people who were in other towns. Oh, that was amazing. They started ordering. Mm-hmm. They started ordering. Now, I ran out of Chitengi. Oh, okay. so how do I do now? Because we need Chitengi and Satin. So Satin is what I was buying from those stores from Instagram. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, what do I do? I started getting fabric that looked like Chitengi. Yeah. It's not the one, but it looks similar. Yeah, it looked like floral-like Chitengi from mm-hmm. African print. It was marketable. People were buying. Yeah. The non-Zambians were contacting me through Instagram. They would contact me through WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. That's how I thought of creating the Instagram page for Mimi Art and Design. And I came up with a name. Yeah. But Mimi Art was already there because of drawing. Oh, yeah, Mimi is like Miriam. Yeah, Miriam and Art. Oh, okay. So I already had any art for growth. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where can't I put design? Right. But I've met art and design. So Amazing. that's how I came up with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, this should be my business. Mm-hmm. But I bought a Casmo machine, mm-hmm. but it didn't do much. Very small. So its usage was limited to only thick fabric mm-hmm. or thin fabric. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so 
if I buy a machine here, it would be very expensive for me to transport it back to Zambia. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I waited that, okay, I'll, I'll get a machine when I'll be in Zambia. I have some designs that I made by hand. Mm -hmm. I would make a dress by hand, a top, mm -hmm. a skirt. I always made a top for someone, for a client by hand. Mm -hmm. And I don't think these people were noticing that I was doing those things by hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. So that's how these challenge came about so they were already in me it was just a matter of me going there to explore them and discover them and bring them to life mm -hmm. yeah So over the years now, you knew this about yourself that, okay, I love this thing and I, I can actually monetize them. Apart from buying the machine, what are some of the investments you had to make for your talent to expand it? Okay, so um, investment is not only about money. Yeah. There's also knowledge. Yeah, that's true. That you yeah. There's learning that has to be done. You can have the money, you can have 100,000 kwacha, but if you haven't um, invested emotionally you haven't invested your time yeah you haven't given it dedication it won't go anywhere that's true so there was emotional investment time investment mm -hmm. uh knowledge you have to keep learning and internet youtube was my go-to area all the time there, there are great lessons that said mm -hmm. there's just something that you're interested in doing youtube is the university that you can never graduate from that's true you want russian you find it <laughs> desires are there anything Portuguese, Spanish, French, everything, you'll find them there. Yeah. So these are the investments that, that I made. Yeah. So uh, talking about investment, I started by, in third year, mm -hmm. I got a car. Oh. I got a car. Mm -hmm. I got it in Zambia. Okay. You know, like I said, my busy, I wasn't really relying on it. Yeah. Because I was other means of income. Yeah. So I saved up got a car i wanted it to work as a taxi but it didn't work as planned mm -hmm. so i was like okay since this car thing hasn't worked let me invest in getting now a machine mm -hmm. so that's the financial investment that i made towards the fashion and designing business mm -hmm. and for drum, i got good pencils from russia that i still have oh. like brand that i can't find here mm -hmm. i got them that that's why i made sure if i came with them mm -hmm. so as you have to be intentional you have to be deliberate about developing your talent yeah. you can have money but if you are not strategic about it if you're not strategically positioning yourself to grow that talent it won't go anywhere yeah that's true yeah i love the fact that you mentioned like there's financial investment and then there's emotional investment there's investment in the skill like different types of investment there are different types yes yeah yeah i love that So like you had student customers and also outside the customers. Let's talk about being a studentpreneur. That's what I like to call it, studentpreneurship. How did you um, kind of communicate? I guess maybe you did it through your advertisements to your students. Like, listen, you are my friend, but like you have to pay for this. Um, so mostly mm -hmm. I wouldn't text someone directly okay. to say, oh, yo, I'm sending this. Mm -hmm. It's just through my socials. Okay. Through the status, someone would see and they would contact me. Mm -hmm. So that brings me to another point. When you are doing something, let your work speak for yourself. Yeah. You can't manage to 
come rolling down sending this thing mm-hmm. i go to my friend and another friend oh i'm sending this thing it's so good yeah. you know the way i make them or let them what you do send a message on their own before you speak someone is interested yeah i was actually listening to a podcast today when braiding my hair it's called wisdom and wellness the person who has been interviewed said exactly what you said just like in different words they were asking her like how do you manage not to be a broke artist because she's a gospel singer she said Uh when you know you make good music you make a good product and a good product is going to sell like there's just no option (laughs) it's like exactly it's going to attract people you don't need to stress advertising yeah you know sometimes there were maybe you post something on facebook mm-hmm. and then maybe just took us yeah don't worry about those legs people who sell people who buy mm-hmm. who come to you direct yeah people who buy don't even worry about how bad why are you in the comments making noise no yeah they come directly they go and click on whatsapp they contact you and you make business like that yeah yeah So now in the your artistic creative self, what were some of the milestones or maybe highlight moments for you which made it clear to you like, okay, I think this is the actual thing? Okay, the highlight for me, mm-hmm. when I got paid for the first portrait I did for someone. Okay. You know whereby you never thought of monetizing your talent, eh? mm-hmm. and then... At some point, just feel like maybe I should make money out of it. Yeah. And you see someone, the money comes into your account. Mm-hmm. Say, oh, this person has paid for this. That was mm-hmm. a highlight for me. Yeah. Because just like I said about my first award that I got in poetry. Yes. It's the same thing with the business. Mm-hmm. It gave me confidence to say, okay, I'm doing something right for someone to pay me. Mm-hmm. For someone to release the money to give me, mm-hmm. and it means I have done something right. Yeah. So the first time I received the money from the drawing mm-hmm. and from the bonnet that I made for someone, these are highlights that I always treasure because they pushed me to do more. Yeah. They gave me confidence. They gave me, they encouraged me yeah. to do more and better. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's amazing. So now being a whole active student and a whole creative human being how did you balance that with school how are you balancing it now with the with work with work and everything in between and marriage mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right okay as i mentioned earlier you have to be intentional and deliberate in everything that you are doing yeah so by that time management comes. Mm-hmm. you have to know what you are supposed to do mm-hmm. at what time mm-hmm. if i'm supposed to be in the pharmacy by eight hours it would be wrong for me to be in my room sewing. Yeah. It means I'm doing a good thing at the wrong, at the time. wrong time. Yes. That one gave me a peaceful mind. Yeah. Because I know that, okay, I'm sabotaging the patients in the name of making money. Yeah. That's so true. Know what to do at what time. Yeah. Know when to do what. Yeah. Like in my case, there's a client waiting for his cat. Then there's work. I need to report by 7.45. I have to be at the pharmacy. This patient tells me tomorrow I need this kit. I have to work on that kit after I knock off from the hospital. Because they have a kitchen party. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And now there's, there's marriage. I'm a married person now. Yes. I have to manage my home. Mm-hmm. I need to know that okay, by this time my husband's food has to be ready. Yeah. So time management, conscious time management comes in. It's, uh, it's the key to managing doing these things. Yeah. You can't do this 
without planning. If you haven't planned that, okay, by 20 hours I should be doing this, you'll find yourself doing good things at wrong times and it won't help you in that way. Yeah. So for me, what helps me is planning, uh, time management, yeah. setting priorities. Mm -hmm. And sticking to them, it's like you can plan all you want, but your calendar can be just there. <laughs> Right. Yes, and stick to them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, love that. So what are your biggest creative inspirations, the people who inspire you in your creative uh, self? Okay, there are quite a number. Mm -hmm. There are quite a number of people who really inspire me in the art drawing thing mm -hmm. we we have mm -hmm. there's this he's, he's a friend of mine he's in chipata mm -hmm. teddy teddy mm -hmm. he's very good like when he draws you feel like the picture is looking at you you can't actually differentiate between a drawing and the black and white picture mm -hmm. then we have Wendy start mm -hmm. he's a good artist he's not you know, she, she doesn't even make noise on Facebook, but she really makes good colored drawing. Mm -hmm. Then internationally, there's Kelvin Okafor, he's a Nigerian. Mm -hmm. So in the creative self, I really don't have a lot of inspirations that I look to. Mm -hmm. And then in the fashion and designing, we have this guy, Peter My Life. Mm -hmm. He's very good. I know with custom made outfits. Yeah. Yes. And there's House of War. She she's also good. I mm -hmm. follow her on Instagram. I follow her on Facebook as well. Mm -hmm. So there there are quite a number, and it's good to have someone who you look up to because you look up to someone who you feel is better than you. So yeah. you work hard for you to reach the level that they have reached, or possibly even better than them. Yeah, so that you don't stay in your bubble. You're not too... Yeah, you, you are not comfortable in what you do to feel like, okay, I'm good. There's always someone better. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the last thing I would like to talk about is hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's almost like I got obsessed with natural hair at this point. It's even a thing now. Like that's good. When I'm braiding hair, I'm always watching videos on YouTube about natural hair. I educate myself about it. Now let's talk about you because uh -huh. you're the queen of the moment. When did this love for natural hair start? I mean, I understand like you have beautiful, gorgeous hair, but did you always love your hair or you just it has to be a conscious decision to actively start loving your hair to the point. I mean, just, just how did you get to love your hair? Okay. I think it was a, a conscious decision. Mm -hmm. I had long, very long permed hair. Okay. It was beyond my, my shoulders. Wow. It used to grow very well. Mm -hmm. And but then I didn't even pay attention on how to take care of hair because I thought I never have beautiful hair. So yeah. <laughs> when I come and dump it, it's not for hair. Mm -hmm. But it's actually Yeah. But at some point, I used the wrong relaxer. Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't the wrong relaxer. I think I just didn't do it well because I had my friend from Congo mm -hmm. who used to do my hair all the time. But then instead, she was busy and I had to do it myself. I just messed it up. Mm -hmm. Like, my hair started falling. Okay. Literally falling when washing it out. So I felt mm -hmm. so bad. Mm -hmm. Like, it cut. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this hair doesn't look nice. Mm -hmm. 
So I decided to cut it. Mm -hmm. So when I cut it, no, before cutting it, mm -hmm. that's when I started watching again YouTube. <laughs> yeah, University of YouTube. They need to be giving people degrees or something. Because... I didn't know, right? So now I ran to YouTube mm -hmm. and that's where um, I started learning how to transition. Yeah. Like if you have treated hair, now we want it natural. Yeah. So for me, Namanda's like, I, I don't know much about hair. Yeah. So Namanda was like, maybe the way it is, I can find the remedy to turn it into natural completely. But no, it doesn't work like that. It has to grow out. You have to transition <laughs> first, then you have the undergrowth, then mm -hmm. you cut the those treated wires yes. up there. So I started that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm, it's hard to do with two textures. Yes. Because down you have afro, like kinky. Yes. And then on top you have most of my stretch, stretched ones. I was like, mm. let me just cut. I made the decision to cut. Mm -hmm. I looked weird because I've never seen myself in short hair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think the last time I was in short hair, I said I was very young. Mm -hmm. I was just praying and God, this hair should grow because I didn't like myself in short hair. Mm -hmm. That's when I started learning about how to check your foresee hair, natural, the remedies, what to use, what to do and not what to do. Mm -hmm. That was in 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so from there, that's when I started my Afro hair journey and I haven't looked back since then. Love that. So now, uh, speaking of hair and looking different, I feel like when you're in a foreign country like Russia where you're obviously the minority, it's like... <laughs> is how can i say it's, it's impossible to not feel different i feel like there's no you're different and then there's like feeling you are different you know what i'm saying mm -hmm, yeah yeah mm -hmm. speaking of feeling about different um were you always confident about your hair like you know your hair is nice and you're not insecure about it or you felt some type of way being in this different place i always wanted to carry my hair Mm -hmm. One thing I never wanted is for me to go in class with a wig. Mm -hmm. I did it once or twice, but maybe it's because man, I don't have time to comb my hair. Or mm -hmm. I never wanted to go to class with me. Because mm -hmm. I'm with white people and then I'm wearing this stressed hair, which is not mine. It looks weird. Yeah, I used to feel weird and less confident. Yeah. But when I'm wearing red yeah. or cornrows or just my hair, I'll feel me. Yeah. I feel like, okay, I'm me. I'm Miriam. I'm African. I'm yeah. here. It gave me much more confidence when I wore my natural hair than when I'm having wings. Yeah, I feel you on that one because these days I'm like, whatever kind of hairstyle I do, if it's not giving African, like, don't put it on my head. <laughs> so it's almost like, yeah, I, I used to feel that. I exaggerate the Africanness and <laughs> now my. No, you don't exaggerate. You just want to maintain your identity and how you feel about Yeah. Yeah, so it's like this confidence boost. And now my semesters in our school are divided in like four quarters. Uh -huh. They have a system of quarters. Every quarter is like nine weeks. Uh -huh. So it's like I'm changing hairstyles every quarter. There's one week break between every quarter. So like, okay. if you see me in Colorado today, best believe I'm coming with a new hairstyle this <laughs> time. Exactly. And just like people will be like, what do you do, do to your hair? Why? <laughs> yeah. Now my classmates are just like, Linda, Takaya Mod needs. Like, you're changing your hair, like clothes. Uh -huh. Then, what would you tell to that person who is not in touch with their African beauty? I guess you do not feel like you had to wear wigs, but for the person who feels like they have to. I think that's their personal decision. Right. If they feel like wearing a wig would boost their confidence. Mm -hmm. 
it's okay they can go ahead and do it mm-hmm. yeah it's totally fine if they don't feel like exposing their natural hair if they don't want their natural hair to be seen or they feel like it's not just beautiful enough mm-hmm. to be seen they can wear mm-hmm. a wig but natural hair is beautiful you know some people feel like their hair isn't nice maybe because they haven't given it some attention yeah the hair needs to grow needs to be fed just the way we feed our body right it needs good food it needs good oils good conditioners moisturizers mm-hmm. someone asked me like because i can spend the 500 on my hair mm-hmm. and uh, i won't even feel bad about it mm-hmm. i was like why are you spending that much on hair just yeah I mean, it's not just hair it's part of my body that i want to grow yeah. i can spend 1000 on my skin which is really hard my skin is, is very difficult to maintain if i can spend the 1000 on my skin i can equally spend the same on my hair because i want it to look nice i want it to grow and look out mm-hmm. so for those of you like their hairs are not that good enough mm-hmm. maybe they haven't just given it a chance to shine mm-hmm. so maybe try ask uh, someone who is into hair growth mm-hmm. or taking care of hair mm-hmm. if they can help them to grow their hairs and then there are those who simply just like short hair maybe they they don't even want it to grow mm-hmm. that's their choice that's their life yeah yeah thank you so much miriam you're amazing this was almost it was a interview but it was also a catching up session at least on my side <laughs> because we learned <laughs> probably like how many three years ago since i saw you wow yeah it has been long yeah so thank you so much for being generous with your time okay i forgive you for getting it <laughs> you are making up for the three years it was really good to just have a conversation with you Lila. it's been a long time yeah so thank you for coming and you continue being the awesome amazing person that we know thank you so much and all the best in your academics come back if you trust me okay <laughs> <laughs> all right Okay, William, have a nice, um, have a good night. It's night already. All right, thank you so much. Have a good night as well. All right, so that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening all the way through to the end because during this time, you might as well have been watching YouTube, Netflix, or just spending time on other platforms like this one or on other places on the internet. If you feel like this was a worthwhile listen for you, how about you subscribe and share the podcast in form of a link or a screenshot to people who you think it might be worth their while. For other podcast-related content, follow the School Leavers Roadmap podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and also drop your comment on the YouTube channel. Now, on the YouTube channel, there is only audio at the moment but youtube is actually a good place to listen to a podcast if you don't feel like downloading a whole separate app for podcasts speaking of apps if you were listening to this podcast on spotify or apple podcast please leave us a five star rating on there and that will help the podcast to rise up in the rankings and be more discoverable to new listeners who are searching for the topics we talk about on this podcast. As we leave the episode, I want to remind you that this podcast exists because I believe that experience is the best teacher and what a good way to learn from other people's experiences than just plugging in your headphones and listening to the stories we share on here. This was your host, Linda Sindano. I hope the stories we share on here help you 
to navigate the reward in academics careers and beyond academics and not to learn things the hard way because the experiences shared on this platform will be your best teacher. Peace out.